Today's word comes from Proverbs chapter 29, verses 22, chapter 19, verses 11. A man of wrath stirs up strife, and one given to anger causes much transgression. Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. This is the word of God. Um, good to see you. If you don't know who I am, I don't get to speak up here that often, but uh, my name is Pastor Joe. I usually take care of children, um, and uh, it's good to be with you. Um, today we're going to talk about anger, um, and uh, I thought, uh, um, you know, maybe it would be a good idea for us to be a little bit interactive. So if you're looking on the web portal at home and you have that little chat box, get on there. Okay, and uh, as I set this thing up, um, I'll ask you guys some questions, and we'll do two simple activities just to get our minds a little bit in tune with this subject, okay? So um, online or here, you can hold up your hands. Um, let's get a baseline, right? On a scale of one to five, one, you're not angry at all, or five, you're a very angry person. How do you perceive yourself as far as anger? One to five, right? And you can you know, write it on the chat. Come on, don't be lazy, right? Make it fun for people, okay? So we have some numbers, all right? So um, that's kind of like, you know, your initial base perception. But um, let me uh, make it a little bit more real for you, for some of you guys that are older. What about when you're driving? How do you perceive how angry you are, right? One through five, does it change at all? Okay. All right, for you younger people, what about when you play video games? How angry are you? Right, a lot of fives in the room. <laughs> I get angry too, okay? Sometimes I like play like Clash Royale and then like the, I, I push the button and then it doesn't click and then it doesn't go in time and I'm just like, ah, and I lose and I want to throw my phone across the room. Oh, I have some problems, okay? So um, yeah, what about, you don't have to put this online or hold your hands up, but what about uh, with your family, right? Just think about it in your mind on, on a scale of one through five. When you're dealing with your family members, how angry of a person are you? Okay, so, um, you know, we can, we can think about that. Um, let me do one more exercise. Okay, real quick exercise, and this is an opposite exercise. So I'll give you a word, and if you're online, you can just type the opposite. You can type more than one word. You can think about it here. You can just think about it in your head. Okay, so uh, let me warm us up. Okay, uh, what's the opposite of cold? Okay, okay, you can shout it out to you. Okay, hot. You can think of more than one word. Okay, what's the opposite of happy? Okay, what's the opposite of ketchup? Okay, that's a trick. It's a trick question. Okay, mustard isn't actually opposite, but I know a lot of you wrote that. Okay, and uh, we'll go to our topic of the day. What's the opposite of anger? Anger, you can shout it out. Okay, so um, there's, a, there's a lot of different things to think about when we think about anger, right? Um, uh, a couple weeks or months ago, uh, Pastor Young gave a sermon on thou shalt not kill, and then he went to the passage, I think it's in Matthew, where he talks about, you know, if you're angry at your brother, and then he went to forgiveness as the solution to it, and that was kind of his, you know, I thought in my mind, that's kind of his opposite, uh, but as I was kind of thinking about that topic, um, you know, when you think about anger, it's like, and when you want to kind of maybe combat it, or like look at it, or approach it, and you think about like the opposites of anger, you know, a lot of times when I'm trying to understand a word, I'll think about like what is the antonym for it, in order to understand it better. And when you start thinking about the word anger, there's a lot of different words that can fill in like what the antonym for that would be, right? Uh, like we said, forgiveness. Um, you know, I heard peace or calm. 
Uh, maybe joy is the opposite of anger for you. Or uh, maybe you're a little bit more practical. If my kids were obedient, that would be the opposite of anger. Right? I know you guys are like <laughs> some, some amens in the room. Right? Or maybe um, you know, it's, it's for you. If, if my boss it's, at work was just more competent, I wouldn't be so angry. Or if this relationship would just settle down, I, you know, that would be the opposite of angry for me. Or maybe you guys are just you know, real simple, and your answer is like, ice cream. If I just have ice cream, that soothes all my anger, right? Uh, but whatever it is, okay, anger is a very large, expansive topic, and there's a lot of directions that we can go. Uh, but let me try to be a little bit quick about this. So um, today I'm just going to look at two passages, all right? Um, you know, Susang and Young, they choose like five or six or seven verses, right? But I'm not paid that much, so uh, you don't get to have that many verses. So I'm just going to go with two. Right, when I become full-time, maybe you can have three. All right, so uh, we're going to look at two verses, but before we get there, you know, I set this thing up just so um, you know, it's not just there for you to look at. Uh, but this game here is called Jenga, so if you want to purchase it. All right, so um, I'm not selling it at the church. Uh, you'll have to go to your local store. Okay, but the objective of this game, if you've never played it, and I think most of us have, is very simple. You know, you're supposed to take a block from somewhere very carefully. I'm just going to kind of cheat. You're not supposed to use your other hand. And then you put it up top. Right? And um, it's very simple. You can play with many people, and everyone gets a turn, and you know, they take their turn. But uh, what happens in the way you lose this game is if you make a move and the whole thing, right? I got another one, but the whole thing falls. Okay, and that's how you lose. And, and, and I have this illustration up here for you uh, just to kind of get our minds around this. Um, you know, some tips of the game are, you know, it, this game requires like a calm and gentle touch, right? If you're too like jittery or too quick, the things will fall. And the other thing I've learned about this game is, um, you know, what takes a long time to build up can collapse in a matter of moments, right? And our relationships are very much the same way, right? The game of life is very much the same way, right? Our relationships with each other require a very calm touch Right? And what takes time, maybe years to build up, can be destroyed in one moment. Right? And uh, when we're playing this game, uh, when you throw in anger, imagine what can happen with our relationships. All right, so uh, why don't we get into our passage now? I got all serious in the room. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's go to our passage. And my first point is uh, uh, obvious but oblivious. Okay, obvious but oblivious. Okay, when we think about the topic of anger, a lot of the concepts and understanding of anger, it's totally obvious. All of us know this. So like this first point, all of you know this all. So there's nothing like new I'm going to tell you. But when anger happens, we become really oblivious to the common sense of what we should be doing. Right, so it's very obvious, but we become very oblivious, which is weird. Okay, so um, the passage is... Um, uh, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 22. Uh, a man of wrath stirs up strife, and one given to anger causes much transgression. Okay, and, and as you guys know, I like to define words. So uh, let me start with uh, the word anger. Okay, if you just look up a simple definition, um, it's a strong feeling of displeasure aroused by a wrong. Okay, you've been wrong, and then you, you know, <sighs> okay. Um, the Hebrew word, uh, which, which we'll look at in the second verse that we're going to look at, um, they use this word for anger in the Hebrew, 
And it's also, that same word is also the same meaning as nostril, like your nose nostril. Right? Because, you know, when you get angry, what happens? <laughs> right? your, your nostrils flare up. Right? So uh, it's kind of interesting because with anger, there's a lot of physiological changes. Your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, and you can see it on your face. Right? It's very obvious when someone's angry. And, um, it, it, you know, they say if you're uh, constantly angry, uh, it can be a factor in cardiovascular disease. Right? So if, if you're a constantly angry person, please get some help. Right? Please get some help. Um, anger in itself is a basic human emotion. Right? When we think about it, it's just like joy or sadness. Right? It just happens. Um, a lot of um, researchers will say, you know, it's part of the survival instinct, fight or flight. And anger is in there so that we know how to respond. So, you know, anger isn't all bad. There's part of it that's a necessity in our life, right? When anger peaks, right, it's like a signal that says something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong, right? And that's why we act, right, depending on uh, what we do next. Um, from the Bible, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 says, in your anger, do not sin, right? It doesn't say, in your anger, you are sinning. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Right? So anger in itself is not sin. Again, it's a signal. It's telling you something's wrong. Right? What you do with that signal uh, you know, can be good or evil. Okay? So you know, that's obvious, right? Anyone learn anything new yet? No? Okay, good. Right? So obvious. But when it happens, well, I don't know what happens. Our minds turn off. Right? So um, what does anger do? Right? What does anger do? And back to our verse, a uh, man of wrath stirs up strife. And one given to anger causes much transgression. Uh, if you guys didn't do good, so good on the SAT, uh, you might not know what these words mean. All right, strife simply means conflict. Right? Strife simply means conflict. And transgression simply means sin. Okay? Sim- simply means sin. Okay, so uh, if I were to read it over, a man of wrath stirs up much conflict. Right? And one given to anger causes a lot of sin, causes a lot of problems. And so, um, simple question. Right? Who woke up this morning and said, I need more conflict in my life? Any of you guys? Anyone? Does anyone ever wake up and say, I need more conflict in my life? I need more sin in my life. I need more relational strife. I don't think many of us do that. Okay? But when we harbor anger in our life, we are asking for more conflict in our life. Okay? When we harbor Anger, right, we lust after discord more than we desire peace. And anger is, is it's, it's like intoxicating, isn't it? Right? That's why I use this word lust. Right? We lust after anger. Like when we want to be angry, we can sit in that place for hours or for days or for weeks thinking about how can I get back at this person? What should I have said to just... Huh? You know, and we lust after it. We enjoy it. I don't know why. Right? It's kind of a sick mentality, but people do this. Right? So on the one hand, right, again, none of us wake up and say, I need more conflict. I want my life to be like this. Right? Yet, we harbor this thing, and we're asking for it to be in our life, to be a part of our life. Okay? It's a weird thing we do. Right? Humans are strange creatures. And if, if you want to go into the weeds, uh, you can look up, if animals have anger, right? Are animals angry, right? And, and then there's like this deep, big topic on aggression versus anger. Okay, that's, that's just there for free if you want to look that up. 
Okay, so, um, uh, but um, yeah, animals aren't as dumb as us, I think. Uh, so uh, yeah, we ask for it. I don't know why. Okay, this is what we're doing when we harbor anger. That's why the Bible says, you know, don't let um, the sun go down while you're still angry. You know, try to fix it as soon as possible, right? Um, don't give the devil a foothold. Okay, so that's the first point. Obvious, but oblivious, right? We're doing really good on time. So, um, second point, right? losing to win. Losing to win. And this comes from uh, Proverbs verse 19, 11. Uh, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is, to his, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Right? Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is, his, it is his glory to overlook an offense. And so what does this all mean? What does this all mean? All right, what is good sense? Right, good sense. What is good sense? Because I want to be more slow to anger. Right, do you guys want to be more slow to anger? People in general probably want to be more slow to anger. So what is good sense? I thought about that a long time. Right? And uh, some translations of the Bible will say, um, instead of good sense, they'll say wisdom makes one slow to anger, which is would be perfect because this is our sermon series. Right? Wisdom makes one slow to anger. Right? If you look at the, the Net Bible, um, they have a sub, you know, the little footnote thing, and they say wisdom, but then they also translate it as prudence. Okay? And prudence means the successful use of wisdom in discretion. Okay? So when you successfully use wisdom, that can make you slow to anger. When you're successfully using wisdom, that can make you slow to anger. All right, and um, um, this is some of my own wisdom. Okay, this isn't the Bible wisdom. But uh, when Joe thinks about these things, so you can you know, take it or leave it. You know, when it's my wisdom, it doesn't matter. When it's the Bible's wisdom, you better take it. Okay, but in my wisdom, right, when I think about anger and uh, you know, how to successfully use uh, wisdom, how to um, be prudent in our ability to uh, tackle this thing, Right? I always think these things need to be um, trained as a reflex. Okay? These things need to be trained as a reflex. And uh, you, know, you might be wondering what I mean by that, so let me explain it in this way. Okay, when I was growing up, I played tennis. Okay, as a little kid, I played tennis. And uh, one of the things that you need to do when you're playing tennis and you're trained and you have a coach and you, know, you take lessons and all this stuff is they teach you how to volley, right? And if you don't know what a volley is, right, it's like when you're close to the net, and the ball's coming, and then you hit it out of the air with your tennis racket, that's what a volley is, okay? So when you volley, there's a couple simple steps, okay? One is you hold the racket in front of you, tennis racket is in front of you, okay? At all times, you're in the ready position, and when the ball comes, okay, if the ball's coming this way, and it's going to your right hand, okay, on the right hand, the, the, this side, right, you step with your left foot, and then you punch down with the racket, right? It sounds weird, okay? There's a couple simple steps, okay? On the opposite side, Right, if it's coming on this side, you step with the, the right foot. Okay, this was left foot. This is the right foot, and then you punch down. Right, you don't swing. Right, you just punch down, and with the open face of the racket. Right, so uh, for those of you that have never played tennis before, right, with that explanation in mind, if I handed you a tennis racket and I asked you to volley, how successful do you think you would be? All right, some thumbs down. Okay, probably not very successful. Okay? And this is what happens a lot with church. Right? We give you the instructions, we tell you how to do it, okay? but we never practice. Okay? And anger doesn't wait for us. Right? This ball is coming at us. Right? It's not going to wait for us to, oh, what were the instructions again? Um, ready position, and then step. And then, you know, it's like, it doesn't wait for you. 
It's just, bent. it's right there. Okay, and if it's not ready as a reflex, you're not ready to attack anger, to deal with anger, to know what to do as soon as it happens, that ball's gonna, you're gonna lose, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose the point, right? And you're gonna lose in life. All right, so uh, you might think, okay, okay, so how do you practice anger? You know, do I have to have my, like, brother or sister punch me on the arm and then I get angry and then, you know, we practice? All right, so let me give you some real practical things, right? Uh, one thing is, uh, you know, especially when you're dealing with anger, um, you can write rules for yourself. Right? Everyone is different on the scale of how they deal with anger, and everyone can deal with it differently. But, like, what are you going to do the next time you're angry? Right? You know in your own person what are things that make you angry. Right? Maybe it's driving. Maybe it's video games. Maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's your dad. Maybe it's your sister. Maybe it's your boss. You know where those points are going to come into your life. Right? What are you going to do when you get there? So you can process and think of these things before you get there. Right? That's, that's pretty wise, right? Okay, so uh, very practical. Um, maybe you can have accountability with people. You can tell your friend or your brother or your pastor, I'm, a, I'm angry when it comes to this situation. The next time you're in this situation, can I call you? So we can talk it over and think about it instead of me just brewing and stewing in my anger or reacting in my anger, can I talk to you? Right? We can do other simple things. We can pray about it. We can pray on the regular about the people that make us angry, the things that make us angry, right? and we can practice. And, and uh, when, the, when the ball's coming, we pray. Right? We can memorize scripture. We can memorize these verses and uh, think about these things. Meditate on them day and night. So we can be... Uh, like a tree planted by streams of living water. So we're strong. We're ready for these things. Um, uh, one more practical tip. We can sing. Uh, some of the songs that we sang today are great. You know, Jesus, I need you. Christ before me. Christ behind me. Christ is surrounding me. Understanding his love. And uh, when I'm angry, I'm thinking about Christ right, and the purpose that he has before me. Right, so uh, we can sing. And we can practice these things. Okay, so... Um, we need to have these things as our reflex right? because anger is not going to wait for you to study and figure out what to do. Right? And uh, in this, we need to take our training seriously. Okay? We need to take our training seriously uh, because with anger, you know, wrath is one of the seven deadly sins, right? Um, but wrath happens to be one of those ones that is like the most, inflammatory. It just like explodes and it can destroy a relationship generally more quickly than the other seven deadly sins do. Okay, so um, when I look around the world and I see like, you know, parents no longer talking to their children because of some angry explosion that happens, right? Is that the life we want to live? Like you might have a friend that you've been friends with for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. My mom I remember, I think she's watching, she told me once when our church, uh, my home church back home, they were fighting with each other for some reason, and she looked at me and she said, we've been friends for 40 years and all of a sudden we're enemies. Okay? We need reflex to train us how to deal with this, to teach us how to love one another, how to diffuse these situations, how to quell this fire so we can talk to each other. Because these relationships are important. Life is way too short 
to continue to fight with your mom and dad your whole life and never talk to them, never invite them to your, your child's birth, not to invite them to your wedding. And people live like this. Right? Life's too short. You know, life's too short to be fighting with our friends over, you know, silly, stupid things. Right? And we, gotta, we got to be able to be trained to use our wisdom, our prudence, so that we could be slow to anger, so we don't overreact to a situation. All right, second half of this verse. Um, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Right? Uh, let me define this overlook word. Right? Overlook is an interesting word. Overlook simply means to fail to notice or consider. Okay, so when you fail to notice something, you overlook it. Wow. All right. Hopefully that doesn't impress you that much. All right. But when you think about the word overlook, right, overlook is a much more liberal word than forgiveness. Right? When you're forgiving someone, you're considering what they did, right? thinking about the impact in your life, looking at that person and saying, I intend to no longer remember that no, you know, anymore, and I'm going to forgive you of that. Okay? Forgiving is a very involved process. Overlooking is a very liberal thing. Right? There's a lot of things that happen in life, and you know, here we're taught, overlook, overlook, overlook. Okay? Um, a lot of times when you overlook, you lose. Right? So if I translated the Bible here, it would say, it is to his glory to be a loser. It's your glory to lose sometimes, to be a loser. Right? That doesn't sound very fun. Right? So um, there's this really interesting interplay between this word glory, right? It's this glory to overlook and overlook, right? Very interesting interplay. Think about that for a long time. Right? There's a lot of places we could go with this, and I can make this message really long, okay, just thinking about these two words, okay? But let me... Um, try to explain it and make it simple with just one example, okay? But there's many ways we can go with this. All right, back to our Jenga game. All right, say you're playing Jenga, um, and you're playing it with someone you don't happen to like very much. Right? And at the end of the game, you pull out your piece, the, you know, all the blocks fall over, and you lose. Right? You lose, and you're angry. Right? Why are you angry that you lost against someone you don't like very much? Right? Most likely because that's about your glory. Right? You want to be better than the other person. All right, now let's change the situation. Okay? Um, let's say you're playing Jenga, and you're playing with a, if you're single, a girl or boy that you happen to like and you're interested in, and you would like to date them one day. Okay? You're pulling out this last piece. The whole thing falls, right? Are you angry? Probably not. You're probably like, hee, hee, hee. You're so good at this game. I lost again. Okay? Or in some cases, you might even lose on purpose. <laughs> oh, you're so good at this game. Oh, I lose all the time. Why? Why? How is the glory shifted? Okay, on the one hand, when you're playing for yourself, it's your pride, it's your ability, it's your status compared to the other person. Okay, but when it's someone you like, someone you're interested in, or maybe, you know, it's not even have to be someone you like, just a friend, right? It's about the relationship, isn't it? The glory is different. Right? You're seeking something different. The perspective changes. 
Right? What if you could shift that perspective with the person you don't like? Right? What if you, you know, the person driving down the road and they cut you off and you're so angry at them? Right? What if the, the perception can change and you can pray for them? You're like, man, that person isn't a very good driver, but I hope they know Christ. Because okay, my, my glory is that that person knows Jesus more than, you know, me being able to get to church late anyways. <laughs> okay? Or, you know, uh, someone that talks behind your back, right, stabs you in the back. Right? What if it could shift from my own personal glory, my status among, between that person, my glory, to my relationship with that person? And if that isn't big enough of a glory for you, uh, you know, that person's relationship with Christ. Okay? That's the glory that we're looking for when we overlook an offense. Okay? The Christian thinks very differently. Um, so uh, let me answer a quick question, okay? Because some of you guys might be thinking, okay, overlook. Okay, I, I, I think I kind of understand that. Uh, but what about justice? Right? Like, shouldn't we pursue justice once in a while? Yes, no, yeah, probably, okay. Um, what about justice, right? That's a very good question. All right, so let me um, just address this uh, very simply. Again, this is another topic we go way into, uh, but let me start with this. All right, number one, usually we're looking for vengeance and not justice. Okay, this is, this is uh, my impression that I've noticed. Okay, usually people are looking for vengeance and not justice. Okay, vengeance does not wait to hear the matter. Vengeance does not care about evidence. Vengeance wants its own results, and vengeance wants its own terms, and vengeance wants its results on its own time. Right? That's usually what we think about when we think, what about justice? Right? Really, those people are looking for revenge and vengeance. Right? And that might sound kind of familiar to our current culture. Okay? doesn't care about evidence, doesn't want to wait on the matter, doesn't want to hear about it, wants its own results, its own terms on its own time. Right? That's not justice. Right? You're looking for vengeance. It's a very dangerous game you're playing when you're playing with vengeance. Um, Romans 12 says, uh, you know, uh, I was you know, just thinking about Romans 12 because, um, you know, we always memorize verse 1 and 2, you know, um, be uh, your... In view of God's mercy, you know, be spiritual, whatever, you know, offerings and all that stuff. But when we get to Romans 12, we don't finish it and find out what our sacrifice is supposed to be. Right? Um, it says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Okay? If you want to be a real radical, right, this is the way of Christ. Right? If you want to be a living sacrifice from verses 1 and 2, right, this is where it takes us. Right? Not revenge, letting God take care of that. Right? But our job as the Christian, feed the enemy, give him water if they're thirsty, right? and love them. Love them with the love of Christ. 
right? Because the glory is to bring them to Christ. The glory isn't ourself. It's not our own personal justice. It's not our own personal vengeance, right? But it's bringing them to the cross, right? We bring them there. That's a glory that's greater than any justice that we could pursue, right? So usually we look for vengeance, not justice, right? That's number one, okay? Uh, But with justice, okay, there's a place for it, okay? Um, Let me be uh, real practical, right? Uh, First of all, uh, this is wisdom, right? We're talking about wisdom, wisdom literature. Proverbs is wisdom literature, okay? And wisdom is the ability to think and make good choices, right? So we're thinking about how to make good choices. So there's a place for overlooking. There's a place for justice. Uh, When it comes to anger and how we react to that, there's just real generally four basic ways we're always going to react to anger, right? Number one, We just talked about we're going to lustfully use it in vengeance or revenge, right? Number two, we might internalize it. We're just going to stew in it, which is one and two, both bad. Take care of that. Find someone to help you with it, right? Number three, we're talking about in our sermon overlooking it. We could ignore it, forgive. We can be losers for God's glory, right? Or number four, we can seek justice. Right? Three and four are both good options. They're, they're acceptable options. Right? They're, it's not an either or. You know, either you overlook or you seek justice. Right? It can be a both and. Right? It can be you can overlook, you can ignore, and you can seek justice. Right? And like, you know, what are you talking about? What are you talking about, Joe? Right? Um, there's a, a couple you know, events that happened a number of years ago. Uh, some of you guys remember the Dylan Roof shooter. He went into the African-American church, had Bible study with them for like an hour or so, and then he proceeded to kill them. Okay, what happened after that? All right, they, they did get justice. Okay, he was, um, you know, he was convicted of his crimes, right? but they forgave him, didn't they? And they loved him. Right, the other case, uh, the, the, uh, the white officer, the woman, she goes into the wrong apartment and she shoots the, the black man sitting there. Okay, and what happens? They got their justice, okay, but what does the family do? They forgive her. They give her a Bible. They, they want to hug her. The judge comes down, does the same. Isn't that a better model than what we're trying to do today? Wouldn't that solve more problems in our culture than what we're trying to do today? Right? And, uh, you know, just looking at their examples, you know, I, I just believe in my heart that even if those people weren't convicted, like the way they acted, I still believe that they would have forgiven those people that's, that sinned against them horribly just because of, you know, the, the character that they had, that they showed. Right? And that's, that's the path of the Christian. Right? No riots, no looting. So, um, you know, that's, that's up to our wisdom. What are we going to choose? Vengeance, internalization, overlooking for Christ, or justice? All right, so let me try to wrap things up. Let me try to wrap things up. I, um, I have a lot of time, so let me read the verses. Uh, Proverbs 29, 22, A man of wrath stirs up strife, and one given to anger causes much transgression. Uh, good sense makes one slow to anger. And it is his glory to overlook an offense. All right, so the question 
right? What is your glory? What is your glory? Because what your glory is will determine how you handle that offense. What is your glory? Hopefully we know that it's when you look to the cross that you see a glory that is larger. Larger than yourself. Larger than relationships. Even larger than our race. In this glory died for all injustice. Christ died for your sins and he also died for the people that sinned against you. So why can't you forgive them? Why can't you love them as Christ loved them? Because his blood is for them, not just you. If we follow the way of Christ and we seek his glory before ours, you'll be empowered to overlook, to forgive, to be a loser. Whatever we think we have lost has been won for us on the cross. In Philippians, uh, Paul is talking about his, you know, what could have been his own glory and how people could have looked at him so highly. But he says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. And we know that through his life, so that the people that he's speaking to may also gain Christ. Can can you consider everything that you have in your life garbage for the sake of Christ, for the glory of Christ? We're so concerned about our own glory. It's interesting to me, um, you know, the general kind of stereotype is like angry people, when they go older, they kind of mellow out. Like, why does that happen? Because they figure out they're not that great. It takes them like 40, 50, 60, 70 years, but they're not that special anymore. So they mellow out because their glory isn't worth being angry over. So, when the glory of Christ becomes obvious to us, then we can become more oblivious to the offenses against us. And Christ's glory becomes our glory, which is the greatest glory. And so hopefully we can hold on to that. When we think about anger, train Train, read your Bible, pray, get accountability, sing songs. Right? Do whatever you need to do because this is literally a matter of life and sometimes death. All right, so let's pray together. Let's pray together. Uh, Lord, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you for your wisdom. And uh, Lord, you teach us, you train us, uh, but sometimes we fail to practice and we fail to follow your ways. And uh, Lord, these things in a lot of ways, again, are so obvious, uh, but when it happens in our life, uh, we're so oblivious and we harbor anger. We're asking for more strife, for more conflict in our lives, but why do we do this? Now, teach us to love people like you do. Uh, Teach us to look to the cross. Teach us to Uh, Just praise and worship and honor the things that you've done for us and not just keep them for ourselves, but to share that love, that grace, that mercy with others, even to our enemies. And Lord, when we do this, show us your glory. 
Lord, and let us bring that glory to the world and honor you through it. Uh, So help us to be a light. Help our church to be a light. Help the churches across this country to be a light in this dark time. Uh, We pray for your mercy to reign supreme, to be the greatest light, and to be the healing balm that this country needs. And it's only through overlooking, loving, uh, being faithful and following you uh, that this country can ever find healing and that our our own lives, our own personal relationships can find healing. It's in the cross. Uh, So we thank you for Jesus. And once again, uh, we pray for help in all this. Uh, In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.